Welcome back in everyone to a fabulous new Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are so excited about this episode. Well, I should say I am so excited about this episode because we are talking about one of my favorite shows. We have one of my favorite characters on the show today and one of the most iconic theaters in the country joining us. So let me tell you about who's here today. Joining us, we have the performer playing Tevia, Jordan Gelber. He's coming to us to speak to us about Paper Mill Playhouse's presentation of Fiddler on the Roof, playing December 6th through January 7th at the Paper Mill Playhouse. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting papermill.org. I am over the moon about this, as anybody who knows me knows, Fiddler on the Roof is just one of my favorite shows, and I cannot wait to dive into this. So let us welcome on our guest, Jordan. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hello, nice to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. This is an honor. We're we're getting to speak to a performer from the Paper Mill Playhouse. And more importantly, we're speaking to the performer who plays Tevya, one of my favorite characters. And I wish our listeners could see. I mean, the minute you popped up, I was like, oh, Tevya, perfect, great. (laughs) The the beard helps, the beard helps. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so happy you're here today to talk to us about this great piece fiddler on the roof this iconic piece and i want to start by maybe letting our listeners who aren't as familiar with the piece get some insight could you tell those who maybe don't know the story of fiddler on the roof a little bit about what the show's about okay for those of you who have been on or under a theatrical rock i will discuss fiddler with you i i mean what, what's the elevator pitch of fiddler a man with five daughters a jewish man living in a shtetl in 1905 russia Western Russia, probably, you know, know, probably I would, you know, near Ukraine, Galicia, what was called Galicia. The modern equivalent would possibly be Crown Heights, New York, in a way, but that's kind of uh, overgeneralizing. It's about a Jewish family and about the friction between generational traditions and the new generations need to change what they see as cultural norms. The, the, The most important part of the show is that he ha- Tevye and his wife Golda have five daughters, three of whom are close to marrying age, and they're looking for husbands for their daughters. Tevye's a, a dairyman, a milkman. This is all inspired by the stories of Shalom Alechem, the Tevye, the dairyman stories. I'm not good with elevator pitches. And it follows how what was done by a, a, a matchmaker, the character Yenta, of finding men for for women to get married that the women, the daughters, have started to find their own matches. And the idea of love being a reason for marrying instead of ha- having a match made uh, with a proper husband, uh, a proper betrothal, where there was a dowry involved. And, you know, if you go back the patriarchal lineage of, of history and how uh, uh, daughters were kind of, a, you know, in Judaism, it, it, there's something called the ketubah, and the original Ketuba contract has things like, you know, you get a certain amount of Zuzim and goats for your daughter. So the this show kind of is about how 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 can you accept changes from tradition and still maintain the essence of your culture and religion. Now, combined with that, it is put in the context of the time of Russian Revolution and the Tsar and the Russian pogroms. And so on top of the traditions of Jewish culture and shtetl life. You have the outer world of Russian the Tsar and the political environment, and the fact that the Jews were either murdered or expelled uh, and forced to leave Russia. 
so you have you know these joys of love and matches being made and also some of the tragic feelings of when certain matches uh, are not made in a way that feel remotely appropriate the Tevye's third daughter, Chava, falls in love with a, a Russian Gentile, uh, a non-Jew, and uh, that is one, uh, just a bridge too far for Tevye, and that's another, you know, small plot point. But overall, the musical is about Judaism, specifically Jewish culture, and universally, I think all people relate to how we don't want the same things our parents wanted, and our parents usually don't want the same things our grandparents wanted. And the and the conflict that ensues from that, within and then within the historical context of the Russian pogroms. Yes, I, I was a better dramaturg. I wish I, I wish I was a better historian, but uh, that's kind of no, no, no. I, saw, I mean, I think that's wonderful. Whether you've seen the show or not, I mean, I'm just sitting here. I'm playing all those plot points in my yeah. head, and I was like, "Yep, and that one, and that one, and that one." Yep. Yeah. And I, I want to add to that that it's incredibly funny. That 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 uh, Joseph Stein, who wrote the book, is a genius, and and that Jerry Bach and Sheldon Harnick wrote some of the greatest pieces of greatest songs in musical theater, and they're all the entire score is absolutely beautiful and funny and touching and romantic and heartbreaking, and it's everything you'd want in a musical. Let's put that in there. Absolutely, it's, I feel like it's almost impossible to go through your whole life without hearing a song from Fiddler somewhere in your life in the world. Not just in the theater, but it's been, you know, accumulated in 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 pop culture and everything like that, you know. So it's it's a legendary show. And it's so hard to, to surmise Fiddler on the Roof without just telling the whole story because it's just that good. You're just like, let me let me just crack open the book and let me tell yeah. you. The there's, not an, out, there's not an ounce of fat in the in the in the entire show. It's like it's so perfect. Yeah. So how did you come upon this particular production at Paper Mill Playhouse? I received word from my representation that casting and paper playoffs wanted me to come in for, for an audition. And I went in for Mark Hobey, who's the artistic director of paper playoffs as well, director of this production and the casting department. And I had the good fortune to read with a fantastic actress who was actually played Seitel in the 2016 Broadway production. And I had what it felt like to me, the best auditions are the ones that feel like the first rehearsal with the director. And that's what it felt like for me. And I kind of left the room just, listen, I, I, this is a role that I've always felt I was born to play personally. And I, I relate to it on many, many levels. And not uh, in addition to the fact that I'm a huge Zero Mostel fan. And he's, he's you can't think of Tevi without thinking of Zero, who created the role. So I I, uh, I auditioned. I, I I sent a little email to Jennifer Bender, who's the associate director of the Paper Mill, because we have a history. Because Jennifer was an assistant director on Avenue Q, which I did many years ago. And I said, "Listen, I just want you to know that I'm. I I just I, I really feel like I, I need to play this role." And the following week, I found out that they wanted me to play it. And I stopped. I stopped shaving at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, we are at time of recording about a week away from performances starting for the public. What has it been like developing this particular iteration of Fiddler on the Roof? It's it's been a, a bit of an emotional roller coaster for us because of world events, because Mark Hobie and Paper Mill wanted to 
make this a, a real representation uh, of Jewish actors, uh, of, of Jews in a show, in a time when there is a lot of identity politics and, and people are talking about representation in theater and in, and in entertainment. I think they, they recognize that Jew, Jewish uh, Jews also need representation in a way. I, I'm an actor who, who grew up and who trained to believe that any actor could play anything. And I still believe that. I still believe that. Uh, but as Aristotle pointed out, uh, all theater is political. And there's something to be said for having a company of Jews working together on such a specifically Jewish story. And I, I just want to say that just because it's a, um, the more specific you get, the grand irony is the more specific you get, the more universal it becomes. The more the more, the more the humanity and the human condition presents itself. I, that's why I think the show translates so well. You know, there's a famous story of when they first did it in Japan, the Japanese uh, director of the theater said, do they know that they wrote a Japanese show? You know, it was, they, it, he was like, this is, this is not a Jewish show. This is a Japanese show. But, but having all of us together from a, a common cultural background has been a very moving experience. I think most, uh, all, all of the principal actors are Jewish. Or Jewish identifying, I think, uh, paper mill likes to say, which I think is a good way to put it. There are, so, you know, some of the characters playing the the Cossacks and the Russians are are not Jew necessarily Jewish. So some of them are not. And that can add a layer to the uh, performance. A and rehearsing in that room and being able to talk about our common heritage and, you know, the fears we all have, the rise of anti-Semitism in, in our country and the world, the fact that Russia pogroms are still happening. There was that event at the airport in Russia when the flight from Israel landed there, when you had hordes of Russians saying, where's the Jews get, the, you know, get the Israelis and all these things. So uh, the unfortunate truth is that the show is ever present and ever prescient, but it also shows, I think, the strength of the Jewish people, what we've had to endure, how we continue to look for a homeland that we feel safe in. And the fact that we have just the history of us always having to go somewhere else to feel safe. And then that 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 generational inherited fear that at some point pogrom is going to come to wherever you are. I love that. That's that is very interesting. Thank you for sharing that insight. <laughs> and that and that's a great <laughs> it's a great lead into my next question, which is, you know, with with what you've said, with everything going on, what is the message or thought you're hoping the audiences will take away from Fiddler on the Roof? I I think it's the same as it probably always has been, which is we're just we're just another group of people trying to live our live life the way we've learned to live in the world with without any ill will against any other culture or people and I guess ideally, if you're Jewish and you come to the show, you can feel like you are being seen. We 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 recognize the joys and the pain of what it means to be Jewish in the world. And if you're not Jewish, that you can relate to the same emotional life of of the Jewish people, whatever your background might be. And beyond that, I mean, I mean, this you know, we're if we're talking about politics. That's one thing, but but just the human condition of, like I said, of, of trying to make your parents happy and, and, and what that means and how fortunate that that Tevye's family has Tevye as a father who is able to bend to see how important things are to his children. I, I mean, this is by no means an equivalent comparison, but, you know, uh, just just pe like people my age now being able to ask is what's your personal pronoun? 
this is something that's important to a younger generation that growing up, you know, I think there, I, I mean, as, as this new kind of wave of, of generational need for identity and, and being recognized of, of your place in the world, you know, I think there's definitely been friction because there are definitely people my age or even older who are like, you're a man, you're a woman, get over it. And then there, you know, the next generation says, no, it's, you got to recognize that this is not how we feel now. And it's the same thing in Fiddler. It's, it's, you're supposed to be set up with a matchmaker. This is how it's done. It's like, no, I love him. I want to be with him. And it's like, hey, all right, fine. All right. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to, I'm not going to destroy your, your soul just because my parents told me that this is the way it was supposed to be done. Uh, I love that. And I love that comparison too. It's for anyone who's never seen the show, watching Tevya have a conversation essentially with his, his conscience about yes. the, you yeah, know, which is also a very Jewish thing. You know, uh, I think we, um, a lot of most Jews I know, we inherit this kind of this Talmudic exploration of everything. You know, yes. the reason so many Jews stereotypically are, are going to be lawyers or doctors, they're 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 always trying to find this or that. Is the answer this or is it that? Like it's a constant exploration. It's a constant conversation. One of our one of the actors put it really well. Jeremy, who who plays Laser in the show. The other day, he, he said the, the most distinctly Jewish thing is that there's never any certainty. You can never be certain. There's yeah. always a question. There's always a discussion. There's always an interpretation. Well, well, the, well, the, the Bible means this. But if the Bible means this, then why, why did this happen? And it's just constant. There's no definitive answer to anything. I really I love that. I love that idea of the message you're, you're all trying to put forward. That's chef's kiss. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> My final question for this first part is who do you hope have access to paper mills production of fiddler on the roof i mean any i would love for anybody to come i, I mean most importantly i i would love for i would like for people who haven't been to to see a musical about the jewish condition to come and to sit there and and see if they relate to it and 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 if they understand it and and because I, I I don't think that the the musical and the the play is trying to hammer anyone over the head with anything. I think it it's you know, in many ways, there's there's like this Chekhovian quality to it of just getting into the 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 specific life of these people and by by examining by being really specific with with what people go through you can you can understand how we all live in the world together and to me that you know and 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 sometimes you have to laugh because if you don't laugh you're going to cry and that and that's also a very very not only is it Jacobian but it's very Jewish to the, the the Jewish sense of humor to to laugh to make jokes about the the, the unjokeable there's a reason why there's so many great Jewish comedians and a great history of, of American Jewish comedy interview i love letting our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more pull back the curtain if you will and i'd like to start by asking you what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites well, that's a good question 
feel like the older I've gotten, like I've gotten a little bit jaded about it. I'm, I'm trying to go back to my to my grad school mentality. I, I, I already touched on it, but I, I've always been inspired theatrically. Like, um, you know, I, I really came into theater with a great love of of classical theater, and I do. I still believe that classical training is the is a great foundation for for being able to access more contemporary theater because the because the depth of emotion and 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 the ability to speak texts that you don't normally speak in everyday parlance allows you to speak and sing words that you otherwise wouldn't say in other characters so so i i was i mean shakespeare chekhov ibsen those were the three that i really was inspired by and musically i mean it's you know passe, but Sondheim, who is our musical Shakespeare, is who I've always been inspired by. I don't think anyone can can give an actor the ability to act a song so with so much to mine in the song as Stephen Sondheim. And then you know Zero Mostel. When I was growing up, and I first discovered him in there was a I think it was on TV was the funny thing happened on the way to the forum, and I was and I and I. Here's a guy who's like, oh, look, it's another fat Jew like me. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say it that way, but like, you know, ultimately, I, I, I recognized that this guy, I, I could do what he's doing, and I still remember, you know, it's this great cosmic coincidence that I didn't really believe that I could be a successful musical theater actor, or even like do it as, you know, realistically until I, until I saw him, his Tony Award performance of Rich Man. There's this PBS collection of like all these Tony performances. You know, it's got just great, great, great actors doing songs from from Tony nominated shows. And I watched him, and I was like, he's not the greatest singer. He's he's got. A, I mean, he, he can he can carry a tune, and he and he can hit notes, and he's great. But you know, you know, he's no Brian Stokes Mitchell. <laughs> so uh, you know, he he, he you know, he's no Jonathan Groff. Uh, uh, and but here's this guy who acted the. Can I can I use bad language on this podcast? He acted the fucking shit out of that song. And I and I watched that, and I was like, "That's what I want. That I can do. That I I feel like he opened the door for me. I I, I think that in the same way, maybe people like who see Hairspray and see Marissa Janet Winokur play that lead role, and these like w women of of a certain body body type are like, I can do that. I can be in that. I want to do that. That's how I felt watching him do that, and that was really what inspired me to be like to pursue this this career more seriously. And I, I think so. That's kind of what inspired me. I love that. So well put. And I couldn't agree more with that. I know you've been very busy with getting the show ready, but I'm just curious, have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I actually, I took my boys to see Book of Mormon, which still holds up incredibly. It's so good. And the actors they have now are doing such a wonderful job. I, I, I can't believe the... And you'll forgive me, I can't remember their names. And I looked at the playbill and everything, but the the actors playing Elder Press and Elder Cunningham, uh, Elder Cunningham has been doing it 10 years now. And uh, and God bless him, I think he still feels like he's doing his first performance. Like, I mean, just the, he brought, you know, to 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 be alive on stage like that. You know, I, I did Avenue Q for two, two and a half years and to do something 10 years and still feel so fresh and fun. I, I, I tip my hat. So that I, if you haven't seen Book of Mormon and you can handle the language, go. What else? Oh, I mean, I saw Merrily. I saw Merrily, and I still have issues with the show uh, on its own. I, I I thought it was, I think it's an excellent production. I think that it, it deserves all the accolades it's getting. And if you want to see a masterclass on how to act a song, 
watch Daniel Radcliffe do Franklin Shepard Inc. And I have a feeling people are going to be talking about Hell's Kitchen at some point, the Alicia Keys musical. My colleague Shoshana Bean is in that, and uh, and I've heard only, I haven't seen it, but I know it's got to be brilliant. So I would definitely recommend that. I love it. Well, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Uh, my favorite part's always been that you're collaborating with people who have the same artistic values of you. Ideally, I like I love creating things. As I've as I've worked, I definitely I, I I'm of two minds. I love opening up tried and true great like revival kind of things that have been done. That's that's it's that's a, a certain kind of a muscle to me. That's like there's there's almost no difference between working on Fiddler on the Roof and working on Hamlet. You know, it's, I mean, Tevye is the Jewish Hamlet in many ways. I mean, he, he you know, he doesn't want to, you know, kill anybody or anything, but <laughs> so I, I, so I love, I love like taking something that you know has been worked to death to find how to make it as perfect as possible. And you, and, and it's your job to, to serve the text and serve the, the piece. I love that. But I also love creating new theater and creating new work and being part of that process and actually feeling like that you're respected as an actor enough to 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 be able to say to a playwright or composer or lyricist this doesn't feel I think this character doesn't want to do this here and and to have that kind of back and forth and feel that you are helping to birth a new piece of theater into the world to me that's also extremely exciting I love that fabulous wonderful answer and now we've arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? All right, I'll be honest. The first thing that came into my head just now was a two to three weeks uh, of, of a summer in 2004. There was something called the Sundance Theater Lab. I don't know if it's still there, but much like the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center, which is also a great memory for me, which is where Avenue, where I, I was fortunate to helped to start to be part of the the beginnings of Avenue Q. So in that theater lab, I felt like it was in an artistic, an artist's commune. And I'll never forget, first of all, I was, we was, I was surrounded by these incredible artists, Michael Stuhlbarg and Raul Esparza and, and, and uh, Stephen Lutvek, who may he rest in peace, just passed away, Robert Friedman. You know, that summer was, uh, I was part of Kind Heart, it was called Kind Hearts and Coronets. It became Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. I was involved with another play called Stephen Eady. Eady spelled I-D-I. That was a really great exploration of psychological terrorism that we perform on ourselves. And the the most amazing thing was that every actor, writer, director saw everyone else's work, and we all hung out with each other afterwards at this little bar and you in, on the Sundance Theater campus, and and you just felt like you were part of like it was like it was like stage dramatic and French Woods, but for grownups. So you just you it was just this constant conversations about life and theater and what you like about someone when someone's working on what needs to happen with what someone's working on and it was that to me that that's one of my favorite theater memories as far as you know I have many many others but that was the first thing that came into my head is a wonderful memory wow <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that but my final question for you is if our listeners would like more information about Fiddler on the Roof, or about you. Maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? Well, you know, for Fiddler, definitely go to Paper Mill's website, which I believe is papermill.com. Am I correct? .org. .org. 
Paperman.org. Paperman.org. Uh, if you want to see Fiddler, get on there soon because I don't know when this is when you're putting this podcast out, but it's filling up pretty quick. A lot of shows are already at like 90% capacity, 95% capacity. It's, you know, it's the Hanukkah show, you know, <laughs> so instead of the Christmas show, uh, which by coincidence, the last show I did at Paperman was the Christmas show. It was Holiday Inn. So I only do holiday shows, apparently, at Paper Mill. As for me, you can go to jordangelber.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-G-E-L-B-E-R.com. Feel free to, if you want to reach out to me that way, or uh, I'm with A3 Artists if you want to talk to any reps. I am on Instagram, which I don't use that much, but I've been on threads. So I'm um, I'm actually Ansel Gelber, A-N-S-E-L Gelber, because when I first started on Instagram in, I don't know, 2000 and like in the aughts yeah it was like it was a photography site and i thought you know oh here's some cool pictures so i thought oh ansel adams he's he's one of my favorite photographers so i call myself ansel gelber and i haven't changed it so i'm on threads i'm on insta that's pretty much i mean i'm on facebook if you want to try to find me i'm jordan gelber on facebook but i i i found i think i like talking more in real life than i do on social media and i i think that people need to start doing that more and more because i think i do th- I, I kind of agree with what the mayor of paris said when she deactivated her, their account on on that letter, that it it's bad for democracy when all we do is spew whatever hate we want and not and not be open to talking, having a real conversation. So you know, reach out to me and then maybe have a cup of coffee with me instead of yes. instead of posting a couple lines of text. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank this has been me. so much fun. I'm so excited about your production. So oh, thank please. you for your time and your insight. This has been lovely. My pleasure. And I hope everyone comes to see the show if you can make it. Yes, absolutely. My guest today has been the amazing performer who is playing the title role of Tevya, Jordan Gelber who is part of Paper Mill Playhouse's presentation of Fiddler on the Roof. It is playing December 6th through January 7th at the Paper Mill Playhouse, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting papermill.org. And you're going to want to do that very quickly. Tickets are going, going, almost gone. Also, make sure you check out Jordan on social media and his website. you got to stay on top of all that he's doing. He's going to be involved in a lot of great projects. So you want to make sure you keep tabs on him. His website's jordangelber.com or find him on threads or Instagram at Ansel Gelber. And we're going to have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media post. But head over to papermill.org right now. Get your tickets for Fiddler on the Roof playing December 6th through January 7th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, Keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. 
There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.